Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Hello, Montana. NFL game number one. Let's go. And McDenahy, the most recent Grizz great. It is to tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi, howdy. Great to be with you on this very fine, and I do mean that sincerely, Thursday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Coulter and I most certainly are for, well, a whole bunch of reasons. First of all, we're us, so that starts it off at a very high level. And then you got football season starting while the NBA playoffs are going on. I mean, for all the bad, right, Coulter? Think about that. The NBA playoffs are in the in the heart of the NBA playoffs, and now we got the NFL going. I mean, this is really something. And else. I don't have anything to cover, so I have time to watch it all. What a thing! I actually, don't I don't have as much time as I would like, but that's just because we've become so busy, and that's a great thing. It's a good thing. Uh, anyhow, great to be with all of you. Thanks for letting us ride along with you. Want to get in here, be a part of this show, and you're going to want to be a part of the show today. 361-3688 is your phone number. 361-3688. You can call that number. You can text that number. Either one is valid. Uh, all guests join us via the Rankin Brothers RV phone line. You can also listen live on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You go there. You check out the stream. You jump into it anytime you'd like. You get the station, whatever on whatever's happening in that moment because it's life that's what the deal is the stream brought to us by opportunity bank of montana opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity it let's see what we got in the show today first of all we're going to go through week one in the nfl pick some games against the spread not because we really have any particular insight but just because it's a fun way to talk about the games and the matchups therein so we'll go through some of these here with you today we got great insight guess yeah right they no, got 150 down to win ton, 1200 ton, ton of ton of insight on uh football not so much on uh the lines i mean ah, no no I no no, no that's what all people who I'm actually bet money the, no, say no 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 here's here's the thing, here's, no here's the thing though. sports gambling was not a thing in montana until now right and it's conventional wisdom to assume that as a sports talk radio host, a sports junkie, that you can tout that, man, when sports gambling becomes legal, I'm going to make so much money on sports gambling. 
I'll tell you this, after betting the NBA playoffs, the lines are incredibly accurate. I, I, I found a little bit of a, a consistency in hammering the over early in the bubble. That bit you real hard lately in the bubble. Yeah. Now you got to hammer the under because everybody's playing defense. Now we're into the final eight. I do think there's a certain element of skill to it, but I am so excited for picks against the spread because we have done picks against the spread over the years. Mm -hmm. You and I have both been about 65% accurate. Mm -hmm. If you do that when you're really actually betting money, you're going to have a really fun fall. You're going to have a really good time. 55% is great. 65% is awesome. So if we can maintain that level of accuracy, we'll see. But I want nothing to do with it. Either way, it's a great entry point into the games. That's uh, how I have gotten and stayed rich. I don't bet my money. Uh, All right, here. So we're going to do that. We are going to do a little fantasy football. We're not going to sit here and like, you know, break stuff down for you or anything like that. We're just going to talk broad concepts on the fantasy football underrated player that we like maybe an overrated player that we don't like biggest risk of the season as we head into the fantasy thing and we will take your calls or texts on that you got questions people you think maybe questions about your particular team we will take those and do that a little bit we will get into some of the nba we had in in a a two night two game night the biggest disparity between what i think is singularly the best game that was played in the entire postseason last night followed by one of the worst games in the entire postseason last night so we will get into that (laughs) top of the hour pumped up about this how about dylan rollins our final senior spotlight of uh, of the year dylan rollins is a senior now at sentinel high school in fact tomorrow game one in fact today double a football starts bozeman billing senior yep. right here on swx television if you're watching us on the tv there coming up seven o'clock this evening they'll have that game for you but tomorrow the full slate of double a action uh including the sentinel spartans so he joined us uh to uh to talk so we're excited to bring you that interview with dylan rollins who is uh I would say you 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 could say right the most sought after recruit in the state this year in this recruiting cycle Dylan Dylan Rollins number one right no question this is a fun interview because Dylan Rollins is the most highly recruited player out of the state of Montana in the last seven or eight years uh, he's definitely the first true FBS type potentially even power five guy we've seen in a minute especially as an offensive lineman which is a cool thing because yep. it's uh, it's dissipated in that uh, in those ranks a little bit he's also We've talked extensively. There's been a great lineage of guys that have gone Division One, both in-state and out-of-state, in basketball from the city of Missoula. It's been – I couldn't think of a guy. Eric Zavetta, who I believe was a senior when you were a freshman in high school, or maybe even a senior the year before you were a freshman at Big Sky, he had an offer from Nebraska way back in the day. 1994 was his senior year when he led Big Sky to the state championship. That's the last Missoula guy I can remember. Yeah. They even had a chance to get out in football at the high at, at as high a level as Dylan Rollins does. But also, it's a great parlay because our senior spotlight, we, we let it matriculate into the fall, which I think is cool because it's been a really fun series. We ended up interviewing uh, Dylan Rollins will be our 11th subject on that. And uh, it's been great content for us, really good kids. But also now, so many of these kids we interviewed, they're into their college years. So now, it's a little bit of different process to get the interviews we wanted to actually finish the series with tommy malott from butte but he's actually at montana state now so uh he was off limits so this would be a good bridge into next year with dylan rollins one of the top prospects in the state of montana bottom of the hour uh at the uh, five o'clock hour we will bring you mick dennehy mick dennehy uh is the most recent installment of our grizz greats 1995 silver anniversary of the 1995 national champions podcast series he is the third episode uh mcdenahy and it is fresh 
it is up right now, literally just minutes ago, that thing got posted. So you can go on, check out, you go to grizzgreats.com, got a whole website for it, a landing page. Culture's been working hard on that. It looks great. Some awesome graphics, some videos that are there, and obviously the whole podcast series if you want to just do it online, or you can get it in the traditional podcast form as well, Transistor and so on, uh, have that for you, Spotify, etc. cetera. Uh, but McDenahy, up and available now. He was the offensive coordinator in 1995. He played at the University of Montana, was an all-conference safety in 1972, became the OC in 1991 after having been the head coach at Montana Western, became then the head coach the following year, taking Montana back to another national championship game in 1996 after Don Reed retired and then uh, spent four years as the head coach before he spent his last five years in coaching as the head coach at Utah State. So a great career overall and obviously not just part of the the national championship team, the OC, but also, I mean, again, one of the cutting edge, what I would call groundbreaking, trail breaking, innovative offenses that that existed in college football is that that '90s Montana Grizzly football team with Don Reed and and uh, Dave Dickinson, and obviously as the OC and a number of other guys involved in that as well, but centrally McDenahy. No question. He's uh, an awesome part of this lineage. Distinct dynamic because he was the offensive line coach as well as the offensive coordinator. Yeah. So he got to be sort of a co-play caller alongside Don Reed. Got to coach Dave Dickinson, but not in typical OC fashion because he's not coaching him directly. He's protecting him directly yeah. by coaching an offensive line. And the offensive line, I think, doesn't get as much credit as uh, as they deserve. And he was definitely an architect in that as well. So we'll be happy to share the McDenny interview with you. All right. There you go. Coulter, uh, start us off quickly this, this here. Is, this is our easy. Books, this our, is our easy. Book this selection. is the Sports Illustrated slideshow. This is the stories behind the pictures. I'll show you a great picture to get us into our NFL pictures from the spread. This is Don Shula. Mm. He had not been carried off the field since Miami Dolphins went undefeated. This is a picture of Don Shula in 1993 when he won his 325th game, passing George Hallis for the most in professional football wow. history. We lost John Shula earlier this year. It seemed like the only football news we got over the, la- over the first eight months of 2020 was bad, including yeah. the loss of epic figures like Don Shula. And now all of a sudden we got good news. NFL picks against the spread. The NFL's back tonight. The Chiefs versus the Texans. Can't wait. Very excited about this game. So let's get into it. Uh, we got the, the picks against the spread for you, and just a whole slate of NFL football games, which is great. But as you mentioned, it's Chiefs Houston uh, tonight. This game opened with the Chiefs as a ten point favorite. Moved slightly in the direction of the Houston Texans. Ten's a big number. In fact, it's the biggest number on the board. So the Chiefs are now a nine and a half point favorite. Uh, I know Coulter, you and I are completely on the Kansas City Chiefs in this football game. How about this? Twenty two percent capacity being allowed at Arrowhead Stadium. I did the math for you. Seventy six thousand and change capacity. That means. It's just shy of 17,000 fans if you go to 22%. Now, I don't know personnel and everything like that, if that number is included in there, but about 17,000 people going to be on hand for this game tonight at Arrowhead. Uh, so that's nice that you got at least some sort of a fan base there. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, Normally, this would be some sort of a, uh, whether it would be a ring ceremony or a banner raising ceremony or something like that. I don't know if Kansas City pushes that off 
to wait for when they can have a full boat. We know how big of you know the fans are and 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 how loud and everything like that in Kansas City. But I would think when you have the stage to yourself, the first game back after the Super Bowl, you probably are going to do all the pomp and circumstance that go with that. But in terms of this game here, Coulter, my question for you is: Everybody knows about the Chiefs, okay? I don't think. I don't think a ton of people are going, yeah, the Chiefs are a one and done. I'm not saying they're going to repeat, you know, as Super Bowl champions three, four times or whatever, but nobody thinks that the Chiefs all of a sudden are going away. They got the best young quarterback in the NFL by ever. far. But in yeah, terms he's, of he's the best, he's the best young quarterback ever. Uh, ever. Yeah, I agree with that. Second second year. He doesn't hurt no his neck last year. He's the back to back MVP. There's never been a quarterback that was back to back MVPs twice before they were 25 years old. Never. Yeah, well, he's already done a bunch of stuff that, I mean, nobody's ever had an MVP and a Super Bowl title at, at his age. Here's the best way I could state Patrick Mahomes. The narrative around guys that have wicked, unbelievable, God given talent like him is always, well, just wait how scary he's going to be when he yeah. figures it out. I don't even, the kid is so good. I don't even know if he needs to figure it out. He already has it figured out quite a bit, but his yeah. gunslinger, the way he rolls, I mean, I don't think that reading defenses is even a necessity. He's the only dude in the history of the league that can straight throw dudes open all the time. Brett Favre did it to yeah. a certain extent, but Mahomes, how how efficient he is while taking the shots that he takes, it's unbelievable, man. Beethoven didn't need to learn how to read music. He he heard the music. That's like right. he could he he it's just true. he just knew it, right? Patrick Mahomes doesn't need to learn how to, quote, read defenses. He just knows. To de- I mean, you do, of course. You work yeah. at your craft. I get that. But, sure. you, you know, you film all that stuff. But but he just knows it. Like, he he steps out there, and he is he is conducting the orchestra, yeah. and it is striking to watch. And sometimes the universe just clicks. That's Andy right. Reid's been a phenomenal quarterback. Yep. He's coached a phenomenal yep. offensive play caller for his whole career. But he's never quite had the guy to open it up like he has wanted to for all of these well, years. It, nobody's quite had well, no, the guy true. if this is the guy. It, it, it's true, man. But it, I mean, <laughs> but sometimes sometimes you just get this match made in heaven, yeah. and it's an amazing thing. So, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I got the Chiefs all day. No, I, no, no. I was going to say, you and I, I, I got the Chiefs by two touchdowns. Do, you're asking me, though, if I believe here's what I was hangover gonna, or what, what are you No, no, me? no. I was going to ask you about Houston because I okay. think we're all, everybody is sort of on the same page on the Chiefs right now. Yeah, okay, everybody's. Ten out of ten high on on Kansas City. Uh, I think Houston's a train wreck. I think they're one of the the most conspicuous teams in the entire league because I think that Bill O'Brien is the worst. Um, he is the worst person that wears the GM and coach hat at the same time. He's he's the most ill-equipped for that position yes. of any coach that is also a GM. He's made some pretty horrendous general manager decisions. Their talent continues to erode. They got this kid in Deshaun Watson, his great quarterback. They had great players on defense. J.J. Watt is still there, but he's banged up. He's not nearly what he was. Yeah. Is Whitney Merciless still there? I don't no even idea. know if... We'll it, find out who's but, there but, tonight. But Javion Clowney's not still there. That's right. David Johnson, I know you're on him. Still reminds me of seeing if he can ever be productive in the NFL again. He's going to be their running back tonight, but I don't know. Brandon Cooks, he can't stay healthy. He's a great talent. He can't stay healthy. Either way, that's a downgrade from DeAndre Hopkins, but all of it is to say that they just seem like they are eroding internally and that's never a good sign uh i i know that that's what you think and i think there's a lot of reasons to think that and there's a a a lot of what you said that i agree with uh he is no question by the way bill o'brien the least equipped coach slash gm in the league he also was not supposed to be the gm he fell into it because they realized that they or whether it was before or after the fact but anyway they were breaking league law in attempting to uh, basically tampering with new england's 
you know, with a New England staffer who they were trying to bring in as a GM. That fell through, and then all of a sudden they had nobody. So they because they already fired the GM they had for one year. So this goes all the way to ownership, right? This goes all the way to the top. That said, for a team where it looks like it's it's bad on the inside, and I think it doesn't just look that way. I think it is. This is a really talented team. I think that Houston is pretty good. Like obviously, Deshaun Watson is talent. great, and I think. I'm not ready to say that the mutiny is full on. Like the the whatever has had to happen after the move of DeAndre Hopkins, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. What those conversations look like, what the relationship is between Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien, despite you know the the the, the SI article and all of that stuff. So when you step on the field now, I'm interested to see. Nobody's going into Arrowhead and beating Kansas City in the first week of the season. It seems to me. So, but whatever happens here. I don't think I'm sitting here going, yeah, Houston, break it down to the studs and rebuild it. I I don't think they're at that level because they got players there, man. They do have players, but uh, a non-harmonious relationship between the head coach and the quarterback is never going to go well. If that turns out to be the case. That's absolutely the case. Mm. Every leak out of the Texas organization in five years is that everyone has an inharmonious relationship with Bill O'Brien. It's a stated fact that DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson are best friends. Are very good friends. You just traded Deshaun Watson's best friend. I I don't need to hear Deshaun Watson say that he's not in on that. It just has to be the truth. Not in on that. What do you mean not in on I I, I don't need Deshaun Watson to say, man, I'm really mad at Bill O'Brien for trading my dude. There's no way that that was anything that improved their team or their relationship. It was a spiteful trade. Like When you read all about the back end of the trade... Bill O'Brien literally took way, way, way less than market value because he just didn't want to deal with DeAndre Hopkins anymore. That's right. That's it, bad business. It it seems like it is bad business. You know what, though? He also just paid DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, the GM just loaded up and put five years and however many tens of millions of dollars to DeAndre. Uh, did I say DeAndre Hopkins? Excuse me, Deshaun Watson. Uh, and and that goes a long way to smoothing over a relationship when the coach is also the GM. I'm not saying that they're best friends or anything like that, but it is football at the end of the day, and GMs are going to make decisions, and plenty of good friends have been traded away from print plenty of other buddies in the history of the NFL. If this turns out to 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 ruin this relationship, though, two things. Bill O'Brien's the one going, not Deshaun Watson. And second, we won't know it tonight, right? Tonight, everything's hunky dory. Week one, you roll out there, you're gonna play football. So I'm not I'm not prepared to sit here and close the book on Houston just yet. Seattle, Atlanta. This game, Coulter, the Seahawks opened as a one-point favorite. They are now a two-point favorite on the road at Atlanta. I got the Seahawks with the always caveat. They just are awful traveling to the East Coast. But Atlanta's, Atlanta is another team that's got a ton of talent, and I, I, I kind of like the Falcons, especially offensively. But I like Seattle more, and uh, I think that they're going to win this game. I think it'll be a close game. I think this is a good matchup, Seattle and Atlanta, in, in week one. But I got the Seahawks. I got the Falcons. Okay. I think that that travel is actually a thing. Uh, I think that I think the, the Falcons are going to have some fans there. That's going to be an interesting factor as we go throughout the year because you know teams like San Francisco and – Los Angeles, I really highly doubt they're going to be able to have very many, if any, fans. Whereas, like, Dallas announced today that they're going to go, I think, a full third full at, mm-hmm. at AT&T Stadium. So, that, I mean, 
place holds 100,000. 33,000 is a lot more than zero or, or really small numbers. So we'll see. We'll see if it, has, it plays a factor or not. But that's there's going to be distinctly different home field advantages. And sometimes being empty might be a home field advantage as well. I don't expect that to be a factor, though. I think this is a huge prove-it game for both teams. It's now or never for the Falcons. I'm interested to see if they've improved on defense. We've been arguing about this all week, but I just I don't think that Seattle's defense can hold up against the run, particularly early on. So we'll see how much juice Todd Gurley's got left in the tank, but I got the Falcons strictly because they're at home. Second biggest game on the board in terms of the line, Ravens-Browns. The Ravens are an eight-point favorite in this game. I like the Browns. I want to like the Browns. I'm done thinking that the Browns are going to be good until they show me that they're good, and I know for sure that Baltimore is loaded. I love the Baltimore Ravens. Give me the Ravens to win this thing by eight in in uh, M&T Bank Stadium in, the, in Baltimore. The Browns have been everybody's Cinderella favorites last couple years. They were a plucky underdog when they finally fired Hugh Jackson and replaced him and then actually won some games. Since then, it's, it's been a franchise that's been mired in controversy. And the controversy well, that was one for one season. I mean, you uh, say since then, that was last year. Well, but just think of the the things that they've had to deal with. First of all, they they entered last season with a ton of hype. That's right. Almost instantly failed to not do that. They'd had another coaching change since then. They've had Miles, the Miles Garrett situation where he got basically thrown out of the league for the rest of the year after it happened with his. And he's now back. He's he's back, but but it's a it's a talking point. It's a distraction. That's that plays into the NFL so much. And Odell Beckham, he brought his New York City drama to Cleveland, Ohio, and so. I think that the Browns are in for a rough start to this season. I actually do think they could pull it out and be somewhat competitive, but I, I got the I would have taken the Ravens all the way up to a ten point favorite. Yeah, no, I mean, I, but again, this to me, this the Chiefs and the Ravens spreads and picking them is a lot more about them than it is about their opponent. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Houston's a bad team and that's why the line's so big. I think the Chiefs are great and Houston's walking into a bad situation. By the way, we even touch on. The last game that Houston played was in Arrowhead, and they were up 24-0 before losing 51-31. I mean, they got blown out after being up four scores, which is crazy. Okay, uh, so you were on the Ravens as well. The Raiders, this is very interesting. The Raiders were a one-point favorite over Carolina. That number has moved to three-and-a-half points now. The Las Vegas Raiders in Carolina, they're going to – are they in Charlotte or Raleigh? I never remember. Charlotte. In Charlotte? Okay. Uh, I like the Raiders, man. I think they're I, – I, I think they're – I don't know what they're going to be. They're a wild card, but their arrow is pointing in absolutely the right direction. I think they got the right coach. Obviously, they have a ton of young draft picks. Would you prefer still to have uh, uh, Khalil Mack? Probably you would, but – if you don't have them, they probably did it the right way. They didn't go the Bill O'Brien route. They got a king's ransom out of that thing. So, I like the Raiders, and I think they are going to win this game. And I like to, I like to pick them to win it or to uh, to cover the three and a half. Yeah, I, I got them winning and covering. I like the Raiders a lot better than almost anybody. I think you actually the only person I know that studies this stuff that that is actually on the same page as me hmm. with the Raiders. I think they have. I think they have a chance to be really good on offense if their young receivers emerge. They have two rookies and a, a second-year guy. Uh, Henry Ruggs was, a, a what, the 12th pick overall? Fastest guy in the draft. Hunter Renfro, Mr. Reliable. We'll see what he becomes. I still don't have that much faith. But they've done a really good job on their offensive line. They drafted a great left tackle in Colton Miller. They signed Richie Incognito. He, 
all of his issues come off the field, not on the field. Gabe Jackson's an all-pro. Trent Brown's an all-pro. So you have a really good offensive front. You found something special in Darren Waller last year. Yeah. One of great stories in the NFL. Yeah. Josh Jacobs seems like he's the guy that, I mean, he. we're going to get to the fantasy stuff, but he's my guy that's going to have a chance to have the best breakout season mm-hmm. in year two. And then defensively, I mean, a lot of good additions, man. Like you mentioned, they got a lot of dudes. They have some dudes who, if they fulfill their potential, could be so good. I mean, you take a flyer on Maurice Hurst out of Michigan. He's a top 10 guy if he doesn't have a heart condition. You get him in the third round. Arden Key, a top 15 guy, but he has quote-unquote character issues at LSU. You know, these guys, if these guys become what their talent indicates, then they're damn good. And I think the Raiders could be actually a dark horse in the AFC West, we'll see. But I, I got the Raiders to win and to cover in that. Okay. Uh, let's skip around here. I got a couple we got to get to before we get to the break here. But uh, Patriots, Miami, the Patriots opened at 7.5. I would have loved that number at 7.5. It's moved, though, to 6.5. So now, yeah. obviously, it's below that touchdown spot. I'm still taking Miami. I think New England wins this game. But I, I like Miami. I think they really gained a lot of momentum throughout the course. Not momentum. That's not the right way to say it. They got better. They got they legitimately get better. better throughout the course of last year. And they, they got, I think, quite a bit better in this offseason. And obviously, Cam Newton, okay. I, I love the play by New England to have Cam Newton there. I think they win this game. But I, I like this game to be a little bit closer than people think. So I'll take the Miami Dolphins to cover. I know Pat's had some guys opt out, but it just doesn't matter to me. I think that Belichick – here's the thing. Everything that we think the Patriots might run, they're not going to run. They're going to look like a completely brand new team. Well, in they terms do every of, week. I, I know, but it's going to be even more drastically different because Bill Belichick's had a whole offseason to play with the first new quarterback okay. he's had since the 90s. I got New England. Let's go to our game of the week, Coulter. Vikings-Packers in Minnesota, U.S. Bank Stadium. This game opened. The Vikings were favored by three and a half points. They are now favored by two and a half points. Go ahead. I'll give you the floor here. What do you what do you like in this game? Well, what I like is Minnesota's ability to run the ball because they're going to be able to run the ball early. It's always durability with Dalvin Cook. I truly think I would take Dalvin Cook over every running back in the NFL besides Saquon Barkley if Dalvin Cook's at 100%. The problem with Dalvin Cook is twofold. Not only is he quote-unquote injury prone, but he also has an impossible time staying fresh because of his running style. So even when he is healthy he's eligible he's playing he's still not 100 percent. but i love him the first two or three weeks of the season because he's not any sort of worn yet so i think that minnesota will be able to run the ball to me this all comes down to can the vikings get a takeaway or something to give them more than just a one score lead because if this is a close game as we always say if it comes down to the last four minutes of the game Aaron Rodgers is beating Kirk Cousins 100% of the time. It's just the facts. I was surprised, as I know you were too, that the Vikings were a favorite in this game. That said, I'm not backing down. I'm taking the Vikings. The number of this on this game is exactly right. It's just the wrong team. That's right. The Packers are a two-and-a-half to three-point favorite, That's right. and it ain't even close. Now, it, would it be crazy for the Vikings to beat Green Bay? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. But Green Bay is going to win this football game. Hey, Green Bay should and be the favorite. They, I, I totally they're, agree. They should be the favorite, and they are going to win, and Aaron Rodgers is doing his thing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, after the first draft pick was a quarterback, is sitting here. He he said it was a four-finger scotch evening for him on the night of the draft, and I, I believe that. I take that very literally, and you know what? I think it's been a four-finger scotch offseason, not from an alcohol standpoint, but just from a 
uh, internal fire standpoint. Sure. And I think an angry Aaron Rodgers is a dangerous Aaron Rodgers, and I'm I'm very interested to see what he and they look like. But overall, they're the most talented team in the NFC North, and they should win this game, especially with no home field advantage. Yep. Man, I don't know that there's any fans right in Minnesota, so that. That is, uh, give me the Packers all day long. Yes, it's a homer pick. All right, uh, we move on. Let's go to the Arizona-San Francisco uh, game. San Francisco, a f- uh, eight-and-a-half-point favorite when they opened. It's now just six-and-a-half points. Again, I would have loved this game to get it over a touchdown. But uh, I got Arizona, man. I think this is going to be a, a really competitive game. Again, same thing really with Minnesota, uh, with New England and Miami. Think the Niners win this game, but I got Arizona covering the spread. It's a bad matchup. Arizona's defense is built to play high speed. It's all built around speed. That's their whole thing. It's just like a college football team that runs the spread on offense, and they want to have negative plays and big pass rush opportunities, takeaway opportunities defensively. That's all fine and dandy. I actually think it gives them a huge advantage against a lot of different opponents. The opponent it doesn't give them an advantage uh, against is the team that runs the ball better than anybody in the NFL. That's the 49ers. I think the Niners will run the ball straight down Arizona's throats. I got the Niners going away. I would have taken it all the way at 8.5. Okay, two more games that we're going to pick. We're going to get the Saints, Bucks, and the Broncos, Tennessee. New Orleans and Tampa Bay, these are two... New Orleans is one of the best teams in the NFC, and a lot of people think that Tampa Bay is going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. This game is in New Orleans. The Saints are a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Who do you like? I like the Saints. I, I, Mike Evans got hurt at practice the other day. He's day-to-day, but that's – I don't know. Guys like him, big thoroughbreds, they, you got to be able to run, and he he pulled his some sort of muscle in his leg. I don't, I don't ever like that. I love the skill players that Tampa Bay's got, but I just don't think they're quite ready. The, I mean, you and I both agree the entire narrative of the Saints got ruined last year by Minnesota going to the Superdome and winning. The Saints were the best team in the, league, in the NFC yes, last year. Yes, And I still think they are. It's uh, it's crazy that they were 13-3 and three and didn't get a bye because of the way the tie break fell. Right. They were, well, who do you got in this one? I also have uh, New Orleans. New Orleans yeah, yeah. I, 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 Tampa Bay, I really like Tampa Bay. I think they're going to be really good. I'm just not as high as, as I feel like a lot of other people are on them. I need to see it happen. I need to see it out of, out of, out of uh, Tampa. Okay, last game here, another regional game. Monday Nighter, this is the second of the Monday Nighters. This will be the last game of the weekend. The Denver Broncos hosting the Tennessee Titans. Now, I'll tell you this on the Making It Rain, Making It Rainy podcast. Uh, I took Denver to cover the spread. It is it opened at one and a half. It's now at two and a half. They are two and a half point underdogs, by the way. The Denver Broncos at home against Tennessee, who went to the AFC Championship game a year ago. Uh, but I'm flipping here, and I'm taking Tennessee for two big reasons. Von Miller is out and perhaps out for the season. We don't know for sure yet, but certainly out for this game after a freak ankle injury in practice this week. And the Tennessee Titans pick up, hello, Jadavion Clowney. Now, Jadavion Clowney may or may not be the guy that was the you know ubiquitous number one overall selection and going to be the next great you know Hall of Fame type defensive end. But you know what he is? A great foot. I mean, he's still very good. You know, Absolutely. he's unbelievably still good. Top ten passers. And this this Tennessee team is good. They're legitimately oh, they're good. good. I like Vrabel doing his thing, even though he's a little funky with it. I like Vrabel as the head coach of this team, and and Derrick Henry and the way that they roll. So I'll take Tennessee in a Denver team that definitely had to have some of the some of the helium sucked out of the balloon with with Von Miller going down week of the the, the first week of the season. I mean that's that's terrible. And that's after also losing two key defensive linemen in free agency, including Derek Wolf, who I thought was 
an underrated part yeah. of their team. I think their Denver though could second... be really good offensively. I I How? like. Are you kidding me? I'm not. I am so far away from being sold on Drew Locke. No one should be sold on Drew Locke. He's played like five games, but he looked really good in the five games that he's played. He's got some moxie. I, I, he's got some confidence. I, I, I like what he brings to the table. I, I, I get it. They get Jerry Judy in there. They get Noah Font. They got some weapons for him to play with. They bring in Melvin Gordon. I think this is going to be a really good offensive football team in time. Maybe not week one against Tennessee, though. They got a lot of guys with a lot to prove. Are there any guy of that? Of course. Are there any guy that's proven though? I just, I. Well, that, you can't be proven if you're I, in your first or second I, season. I know. Playing the I NFL. just don't buy the hype, man. Like I just don't buy it until I see it. You got to see it. You got to prove it to me. Hype is saying they're going to be great. I didn't say that. I said this is a team that could be really good offensively. Is, is Drew Locke's ceiling even as high as Kirk Cousins? Oh, are you kidding What's me? What's the ceiling? Top ten quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I only watched him twice last no, year. Boy, I'm still trying to evaluate. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You. Not this season. Are you asking me about this year? Yeah. Not top ten this well, year. Don't you have to be a top ten quarterback to be good on offense in the NFL? No. The Vikings are pretty good on offense. They had Kirk Cousins. Mm, they leave a lot to be desired, but they also have one of the three best running backs in the league. It's Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Here's my parlay for the week. Oh yeah. Okay. Four give it to here's us. your four winners. Bet the money line. <laughs> Baltimore, Indy. Pittsburgh, Buffalo. They're playing the okay. four worst teams in the league. Bet the house. Do that or don't. I got news for you. Everybody in the league's 0-0. There are no four worst well, teams. Well, when you when you win some money and you get some cash, yeah. go ahead and live. Live from Troas Bank is the convenience of any ATM with a personal touch. A friendly team member on video is ready to help you cash your checks, make deposits, Withdrawals, loan payments, transfer funds, and much, much more. You got to live. Trail West Bank. There is a location near you. 361-3688. You got fantasy questions. Call or text that right now. Coulter and I will give you some dark horses next. Change is constant. And nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Boys and girls, I'm Ryan Tutel. He's Colton Nuanas. Together we are Tutel and Nuanas on ESPN Radio. It's great to be with you on this NFL Day 1, Game 1, Thursday evening, afternoon, headed to evening. Hope you are well. Hope you're excited. Uh, and we are glad to be with you. If you would uh, like to follow along on Twitter, at Gus Tutel, handle one. Handles 2 and 3 at 1029 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT. Uh, hey, you want to ask questions, find things out? You got feedback, things you think based on what we say or based on what you got on your own fantasy teams? Now is the time. 361-3688. 361-3688. You got fantasy questions for week one. We will answer those for you. If you got uh, uh, also just takes that you want to give people you think are going to be good, people you think are overrated, whatever it is, fantasy season starts tonight, obviously. So if you want to get involved, 361-3688. But Coulter and I, we're not going to sit here and say, 
you know, who should I play this, that, and the third. We're just going to take a couple of players, guys that are on our team that we think are going to be breakout players, which is why we drafted them, and other guys that you just sort of land with that you say, well, I'm not sure what I got in this guy. It's a, it's a big question mark. So, Coulter, I got a couple of guys uh, who I think are going to be Again, underrated, whatever their 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 ADP justifies their value and then some to me, uh, and then guys who you know are big question marks. I'll start over here. I got two guys. I want to start with something else. Real okay, quick. go ahead. I, I want to make the people laugh. Oh, good. Sean Rainey in our ABC Montana Fox League, oh, our Fox boy. Montana League wants to trade me. Uh, Antonio Gibson, one of the stories of the off season. Yeah, also a guy that has thirty three real carries in his whole life. For DK Metcalf, a guy that I think is average that Ryan loves, but I, if Sean's watching, which I believe he is, uh, Ryan, tell Sean why I'm not accepting the trade. Well, because it's it's the worst trade that I've. I mean, I got mad at the trade <laughs> offer, and I'm not even in the league. I mean, that is asinine. DK Metcalf is great. DK Metcalf has a chance to be a wide receiver one. I think he will certainly be a wide receiver two at the floor. And what he's the he's the it's not Tyler Lockett. Don't kid yourself. Okay, DK Metcalf is the number one wide receiver Russell, in Russell. Lockett have though. No, I mean you don't, can have chemist. You can have chemist. The highest passer rating of any quarterback receiver combo in the league. I don't know about that. I'd have to look. It might be true. Might okay. be true. But these are just the stats Randy was dropping to me last night to try to convince me into this trade. Let me tell you something. If you are asking for a guy, you believe in the guy. That's why you ask for him. You don't try and downplay it and try and pretend like you are you are. You got some sucker on the line. That's the, that is that is. It just makes me so mad. Like, it's like I told Sean. I said in this league, and no offense to anybody else that's playing this league, but you're the last guy I want to deal with because you're the dude who knows what you're doing more than anybody. Let me tell you something. Here's why this annoys me. I got a phone call on my way home from work yesterday. From, <laughs> I got a phone call from my wife. And you know what she said? What'd she say? The kids are riding their bikes. So when you okay. pull into the driveway, be careful. I said, did you just call me exclusively to tell me not to run over one of my own kids when I get mm -hmm. home? And then she said, oh, and then just hung up. And this is the lack of credit that you're being given for being able to navigate a trade like this or not is just astounding. Like that, you, that I would need a phone call to make sure that I'm careful in a vehicle when my kids are afoot in their bikes in the driveway. And the fact that they would, he would go, well, DK is not going to be that good. Well, then why are you trading for him? And giving me this no-name guy that is, you know, the off-season starlet, enough with this. Now I'm mad. Overrated or underrated, give it to you. Okay. Give it to me. Here's my... Here is my underrated guy. This is a guy that a lot of people like, but I think he's going to be even better than than people are giving him credit for, and that is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is the number one running back in terms of productivity coming out of college by far. He is also in going into, I think, one of the great running situations in Indianapolis that a football player can be put into. No Everybody's question. on Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and you know what? They should be. He's going to be great, especially with Williams sitting this one out. Uh, the other one, which, which Damian's out, Daryl's in, I think, right? Okay, in any case, uh, he you're the running back for Andy Reid. You're going to be productive. We get all that. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be a top five, top eight, whatever guy in your draft. but He shouldn't be. He's a rookie. Jonathan Taylor is going to be, I think, at the end of the day, the most productive rookie running back at least in terms of running yardage. Hilaire through the air may be a little bit better situation, but yes, what they got. Check down Charlie Phil Rivers in Philadelphia, who loves loading up the running backs with pass catches. I'm in a PPR league, so that's big for me. And also, I think 
that the offensive line in Indianapolis is the best in football. That's what they do. They run the football there. I think at I, I don't know about right now because Marlon Mack, who I also got as a handcuff, is still listed as the number one guy. But within the first month of this season, Jonathan Taylor will be the guy, and he is going to roll people. My this is a, maybe a little bit different than underrated, but I got a list of guys to keep your eye on because I think that exactly the narrative that surrounds Jonathan Taylor will occur for these other guys as well. Antonio Gibson is one of the guys. Antonio Gibson, like we just said, 33 carries in Memphis. He was a receiver. Now he's going to be a running back. He's a third-round pick. His athleticism's off the charts. I don't necessarily know how good he's going to be or not. The fact of the matter is, though, that uh, Demetrius Geis is out in Washington. Yep. Uh, Chris Thompson's been cut. Chris Thompson's been cut. Yep. Andrew Peterson's been cut. I mean, J.D. McKissick who was like a slot slash guy for the Seahawks, is currently listed as the number one running back in Washington. That's not going to last. So I think that even just by default, I don't know if he's going to average any sort of good yards per carry or anything like that. But It's more about touches, Gibson's going right? to get touches. He's yeah. going to score six, eight, maybe even ten touchdowns because they don't have anybody else that's going to score touchdowns. Yeah. So he could put up some deceivingly good numbers that aren't really that good. So watch for him because he's not going to be early, but it could be late when he becomes the true number one guy. The other two guys I think could become number ones a little ways down the road are uh, DeAndre Swift, the rookie out of Georgia, who is with the Detroit Lions right now. I, I love DeAndre Swift. I just hate that he's in Detroit. I mean, they've drafted running back after running back, and at some point, it ain't the running back. Yeah, it's the right. it's the it's the city. It's the franchise. Totally. Well, I mean, it's been an undertold story because they haven't won at that high of a clip in Detroit. They throw the ball more than anybody in the history of the yes, NFL. I mean, Matt, no, they, no, that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> right, Matt right. Stafford has set the the league record for attempts twice in his career. So they literally throw the ball more than anyone in the NFL. Yes, DeAndre Swift. Uh, he if he can overtake Carryon Johnson, which I expect that he will, just based on talent. It could be a guy that's later on, so maybe stash him on your bench. The third guy, this guy's not a rookie. This guy I've loved ever since he was in college, and a guy I loved when he was in Minnesota. Signed a big money contract with the 49ers, then he tore his ACL. He's been out for most most of the last two seasons. That's Jarek McKinnon. But the Niners play a true four-back system. Matt Breida's now in Miami. Tevin Coleman is, I mean, every year you're a year older, That's it's just another notch down. Rasheem Mostert was the breakout star of last year amongst those guys, but they're going to rotate guys. And McKinnon, he's, they're going to slow play him early, but I will not be surprised if he's their number one B back, basically, by the middle part of the season, as long as he stays healthy. The other guy that I have on my team that I am really happy that I got and I think has late season, second half of the season potential to be a, a, a running back one for the last eight weeks of this year is J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that, too. The, I, I, actually, the rookie running back class this year was really good. It's it's great. It's really good. But also, it went to great situations. I, I mean, did, you go to Kansas to do- City and Indy and Baltimore, how, how much better could you be right, when you talk right. about running? Even A.J. Dillon and with Green Bay got a great offensive line. Right, There's right. And they don't there. have to be the feature back yet either because they're behind established feature that's backs. That's right. Except for Hilaire, who that's why right. he is going in the top eight. Uh, but that's also why I think that I, I'm not sold on him yet either. I know he's a flashy, flossy type guy. Guy, but he he's slight and I don't know. We'll see. We'll no, you should be sold on him for the exact reason he's that you be gave a for, for Gibson. I don't know how he lasts. But 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 he doesn't need to. I mean, look from a fantasy standpoint, you, you play the guys that are there to be played, and then if they're not, then you figure it out. 
you, you can't draft a guy under the auspices like, okay, well, I just don't know if he's going to be able to, to do the work. you got to take him and think that he is. But within that same scope, guy that I have on my team that I am a little bit worried about, in fact, significantly worried about, is Evan Ingram. I think Evan Ingram is a great talent. I think he's a phenomenal tight end. I also know that he has missed you know, multiple months of football over the last two years. And so I am a little bit worried. Now, I did make a trade to get Mark Andrews, and I'm thrilled about it because I think Mark Andrews, in fact, is a dark horse to be the tight end one, the best tight end in fantasy football this year. Uh, I know that they throw the ball to tight end a lot. Kittle and Kelsey are obviously and the top Ertz. two guys, and nobody's. Ertz will mm. be there. Ertz, Ertz will catch a lot of balls. Yeah, probably. But Dallas Goddard. They don't have anybody else to throw the ball. Yes, to. they do. A Dallas Goddard, another tight end. Sure, you know, and so he they 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 do have that. I think that Ertz is Ertz has started to suffer the effects of what it is to be a tight end in the in in the NFL. You know, physically speaking. Okay, I got I got a question for you before we do our overrateds. Okay, Sammy Watkins, what do you think? Because now he's moving up into the true number two spot with the Kansas City offense. He, he's not the number two because Travis Kelsey's in the number two, even though he's the tight end. But Tyreek Hill has not been able to stay fully healthy for a couple of years now, so Watkins has a chance to be sort of a one B guy. He's always been talented. He's never really fully put it together. But Mahomes, Mahomes. Yeah, I the weapons. If you can get somebody who's going to be on the field in Kansas City, you feel pretty good about it. I I loved Sammy Watkins, and now I don't. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He is not he is not the guy that he was uh, projected to be. Does that mean that he don't won't have a chance to be pretty good? No. But I think is this right? I think he scored three touchdowns in Week One last year, and then did not score another one. Like didn't score another one the season. That's right. So no, I'm not on Sammy Watkins. Okay, who's your overrated? Or who, who's a who's a tenuous pick? Well, Evan Ingram for me, okay. for you know, in terms of that, I'm not talking about this from a full scope deal. I'm just talking about this for guys that are on my team that I go, okay, I'm a little bit, you know, we'll see. The most uh, the <laughs> people are gonna hate this. The most the guy that I thought gave me the most pause of any guy in the draft is probably the guy that went number one in almost everybody that listens to this dra- this show's drafts, Christian McCaffrey. I'm unsure about how they're going to get him the ball without Cam Newton, without Ron Rivera, that system. Matt Rule, you, you imagine. I think you just turn and give it to him. I yeah, think yeah, yeah, you're going to you're gonna cater the thing around him. But I'm just, I'm, I, I think Chris McCaffrey's absolutely worth a top 10 pick, obviously. I just thought it was very tenuous that he was going number one in pretty much every draft yeah. I saw. I would just take Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley was actually the overall my overall number one guy on when I made my board. I'd take Saquon one, Zeke two, Dalvin Cook three before I took McCaffrey. And McCaffrey was drafted so high. High volume, I get it. How long can he last? I mean, he only did eight reps of the combine. I know that's not everything, but that shows you his lack of strength. And he got more than 400 touches last year. Cam Newton was an MVP. Teddy Bridgewater is not. Ron Rivera was a damn good coach. Well, don't know. We have no idea what Matt Rule is. I just think there's a lot of question marks there. There's question marks. Your your best argument on that is just the usage stuff. Uh, but here's the deal: it's impossible to be overrated if you're the number one pick almost across the board in fantasy. Well, so no, that, that, yeah, so, that's absolutely possible. That's a referendum on the human mind. I'm so, I'm sorry. Did I say overrated? It's impossible to be underrated right. if you are the number one pick because you can't be better than that. So overrated is the only thing to say or properly rated, I guess, if you like him number one overall. I would not take Dalvin Cook over him. Uh, 
I I would take Saquon though over him for all the reasons that you stated, and so uh, I did like Saquon one. What about Zeke, I like Zeke as uh, a player, but you know I don't like Zeke as uh, a player. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Okay. I mean I like Zeke. Zeke's going to be great in fantasy, very likely. So, but I would still take Christian McCaffrey number two uh, over Ezekiel Elliott. Although I would put those two those two at the exact pretty much the exact same spot he calls he texts anybody questions nope anything else you tell anyone us 1029 espn radio enjoy your fantasy season boys and girls this is not a segment that we're going to do regularly but we're going to have some fun with this throughout the course of the year absolutely jonathan taylor against the jags or Sonny michelle for the patriots against the dolphins jonathan taylor yes uh we'll take a quick break we'll come back we will touch on the NBA. The NBA got crazy last night, and then it got lame. But it was an unbelievable <laughs> game lame. six uh, between the Raptors and the Celtics, and I'm so glad it delivered us a game seven. I've never been more pleasantly surprised by a series it, that I can recollect that, that I wasn't expecting to be excited about than this one. This has been great. So we'll talk about this. And there's one reason for, for a little one bit. One reason alone, I'll tell you why. Okay, Colt will tell you why right after this. Hey, uh. Kurtz Polaris, they're at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Sealy. Two great western Montana locations, and it is beautiful out, spectacular weekend. Maybe, you know, one of the last beautiful weekends here as we roll through September to get outside, get out in the mountains, get off-road. Side-by-sides, they got the whole selection. You want to go scout? You know, hunting camp, that kind of thing. Razors, rangers, generals, they can get you there and back all day long all the way through everything you need all this this summer and fall. You also cruise around on the dirt bikes, Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes, top of the line, top of the industry at Kurtz Polaris. And yes, some great deals on Crest pontoon boats, some of the nicest pontoon boats you can find in the entire uh, industry as well at Kurtz Polaris. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. Summer, the way you always envision with Kurtz Polaris. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. Welcome back to Tell the Waters on tonight ESPN Radio. We, one text did come through, by the way. Uh, if you want to text 361-3688, you can. The Niners will dominate the Cardinals. Two-plus touchdowns. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to dominate. I think the NFC West is just going to be a straight battle every matchup, every time, all season. Uh, all right. Go through the NBA last night. Toronto, Boston. I don't want to even talk about the Clippers and Nuggets. It was awful. The the, the the Nuggets were just horrendous to watch. Some credit to the Clippers, but lots of blame to the Nuggets. That's all I have to say there. The two-overtime game, though, spectacular. I thought it was the best game of the playoffs, best individual game of the playoffs thus far. And, you know, I wasn't really looking forward to this series. They're not two teams that I care too much about. They don't move the needle all that much for me. I do like Boston more than Toronto, at least in my sort of mind's eye in terms of they, I, I love watching the, some of the players that, that that Boston has, especially with Kemba Walker being there now. But I don't know. I wasn't too into this series. 
and I am completely into this series, not just because of last night, but last night was was pretty poignant. And Kyle Lowry, 53 minutes, 33 points, spectacular. But you tell me, why do I love this series? What do you, what, what's the thing? Because these are the two best coaches in the NBA, man, mm. with the exception of maybe Eric Spolstra. But in terms of X's and O's designing stuff, but more than anything, in the NBA, all the schemes are going to be available to you. You'll be able to figure out how to do it. It's about finding what fits your team best, first and foremost. That's coaching. But just having the gumption to do it. Nick Nurse came out in a box and one on Kemba Walker last night. Not a box and one on Jason Tatum, no. A box and one on Kemba Walker. Let's see if Kemba Walker can sh- shoot us out of this game or if we can fluster him enough. What a bold strategy. Uh, Nick Nurse gets more out of his team than anybody in the NBA. I don't know if he could do it if he had any superstars. He had a superstar last year in Kawhi Leonard, but that's an atypical superstar. I don't know if Nick Nurse could go into the Houston Rockets or into the, you know, the former Oklahoma City Thunder or something. And do what he does, because I just don't know if guys would buy in as much to all the schematics and all the different things he does. But with this team, developing talent like Pascal Siakam and an array of role players, that's all. That's like my brother said. I thought it was a great way to put it. The Raptors have more B minus players than anybody in the league. B minus is really good in the league. They got a bunch of dudes that are like 80 to 82. They got like seven of them, but they don't have anybody that's over an 85. Kyle Lowry is their best player. He hey, the, you, you don't think Pascal Siakam is their best player? In the playoffs, Kyle Lowry is your best player. I mean, he certainly was last Here's, night. Here, he and, has and, been. And I mean, Pascal Siakam was, offensively was horrendous and last that's, night. And that's I'm not it, arguing dude. that. That's but. it. That's what happens in the playoffs, man. Even Giannis can look horrendous in the playoffs because mm-hmm. if you don't know how to play playoff basketball, it's a totally different thing. That's the other point I'll make because I know we got to get out. Like, there's always been this joke about playoff Rondo. There's playoff versions of a lot of dudes. I hate Kyle Lowry during the regular season. You give me Kyle Lowry in an elimination game, though? Yes, please. Yes, please please because he knows how to do it he knows how to win he's a dog he's been there before it's why lebron says don't give me athletic rookies i don't want 23 year old wing defenders i want dudes that i don't care if they can't play a game until the all-star break i don't care if they can play a lick of defense until the second round of the playoffs I want to pass the ball to James Jones in the corner and know he's going to make that shot. Mm-hmm. I want to pass the ball to Mike Miller and know he's going to make that shot. That's how LeBron's constructed his team forever because it's distinctly different in the playoffs. Siakam's going through it. Giannis just went through it. When teams gear up for you, it's way tougher to operate offensively. Game 7, tomorrow night right here on ESPN Radio, 630. Uh, we will uh, get you at the broadcast, 7 o'clock opening tip. Winner takes on Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Hour 1 of the books, hour 2 straight ahead. Our senior spotlight with Dylan Rollins, offensive lineman for the Sentinel Spartans. Have that for you right after this. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 